I, Andrew Weeb, the host of Pray Off the Record. Sadly, Kaziah will not be joining us today because she is at home in quarantine. Very sad, so keep her up in your prayers. Uh, today, we have a wonderful guest speaker with us on the podcast. Uh, this past week, we were going through Christian Life Week, and so we have the wonderful Ashwin Ramani. Yes. It's good to be here, Andrew. Thank you for having <laughs> me here. Yes, yes. I'm very glad to be able to have the chance to speak to you and Hear some wise wisdom from from you. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ashwin, would you mind just giving us even a brief summary of your testimony? Like, what brought you to this place in your faith so far? Yeah, I'll be happy to do that. Yeah, I know I grew up in India, hmm. in the southern part of India, in a Hindu family. You know, until age seventeen, I had never even seen a Bible, never been <laughs> to a church. Yeah, raised in a very conservative Hindu family. Okay. Yeah, I, I always had a hunger in my heart to know God. So even as a 10-year-old, I remember going to Hindu temples and having a, a real desire in my heart to connect with God. At age 12 was a big turning point. Uh, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And it was very hard at the time, you know, with limited medical facilities in India. I had to struggle with it. And I asked some of the deeper questions, right? Like, why did this happen to me? It really doesn't make sense when everybody seems to be happy all around. Why am I suffering so much? And the only answers that I found in Hinduism was, it's because of your karma. You know, karma is a oh, word yeah, yeah. used here commonly, right? In North America these days. But uh, basically what the doctrine of karma teaches is, whatever you do bad in your previous life, it accumulates and then you'll come back at you. And so you're paying off your karma by suffering. So whatever bad things you did in your past life is the reason why you're paying for it now. And so that's why you got diabetes. Mm -hmm. And just didn't satisfy my curiosity. I felt it was unfair. I had no idea what I had done in my past life. Why should I be made to suffer for that? So that led to a sense of disillusionment with Hinduism. And uh, you know what? I was a good student in school, so I started focusing on my studies. And I was doing my first year business degree in India. That was the first time I heard the gospel. You know, the internet oh. had just arrived in India at the time. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this or our uh, listeners will understand. <laughs> but uh, at the time when the internet just arrived, there was something called the chat rooms. You know, Yahoo oh, chat, chat rooms, rooms yeah. were very popular. So it's basically having a conversation with a total stranger in another part of the world. <laughs> uh, and, and so I was curious. Right? As a young person, everybody's into it. So I wanted to learn how to use this. And I ended up chatting with Christians from North America who talked to me about Jesus. And that really raised my curiosity. Like, okay, what do Christians believe in? I know I've never been to a church, never even seen a Bible. I'm just curious. And so that's what started. And at age 17, I heard the gospel and felt like, wow, this message is radical. It is the total opposite of karma. <laughs> that's what grace is, right? You yeah. get undeserved favor from God. And that's just changed the course of my life. Wow. Yeah, because then that journey... Yes. Yeah, so then, did you stay in India then for a while with that message? Did you share it anywhere, or 
what happened after that? Like, what, yeah, what did you, you do know, with it? <laughs> I wanted to be a secret Christian. I thought, okay, I booked my ticket to heaven, so let me be just quiet and just go through life. But, you know, as you know, God wouldn't allow that. <laughs> no. So I had to start sharing it with those around me, starting with my family. It was not an easy decision. And... Uh, sharing it with them for the very first time. They thought I was playing a prank. They wouldn't <laughs> even take me seriously. But that's how my journey started. You know, it started by communicating the gospel with my family first. I had the joy of leading my sister to the Lord. Within a year, I became a believer. Wow. And I felt God's calling for ministry, even as a new Christian. So when I graduated with my business degree, I decided to go into Bible college in India. And after that, I pastored a church for three years in the northwestern part of India, which is one of the most uh, unreached parts of the world. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's just an amazing testimony. And sometimes it's always, you don't always think about the other sides of the world from over here, but God's at work everywhere in the world. That's true, Andrew. Uh, that's, a, that's a good message. So just kind of reflecting on some of this Christian Life Week and the message of discipleship, I was wondering if you if you had any ideas on what steps a lot of young believers could be taking even in Canada, maybe even around the world in their faith? Absolutely. You know, a couple of things come to my mind that are very practical. Okay. I would say, first of all, start reading uh, biographies, Christian biographies. You know, in my own personal journey with the Lord, next to the Bible, biographies of Christians has been a great inspiration to my faith. So I can think of reading about George Mueller and feeling energized in my faith. You know, I read about Hudson Taylor and my prayer life comes alive in a new way. I read about David Livingston and I understand sacrifice, what it means to suffer for the sake of Christ. So these biographies are classics. Like, you know, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, we have the hall of fame of faith, right? Great men who walked ahead of us, men and women. In the same way, we have contemporary Christians as well, right? Like, so get, getting to know those stories will be a great way for young people to focus their eyes on the Lord and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Mm, okay, yeah. that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, the second thing I would say is, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this in the chapel in one of my sermons last week, and it's about right, taking the time to write in your Bible something that God is asking you to do that is countercultural. Oh, no, we yeah. have the cultural script, right, Andrew, where people <laughs> think this is how I want to see my life, and it's the common script of young people in Canada. But as God's people, you know, we don't always follow the common script. <laughs> no, right? no. We follow the plans of Jesus, which is very countercultural and radical. So at a young age, it's great to be able to ask Jesus with an open heart, Jesus, what do you want me to do? with my life. And when you hear that, write it down so it serves as a visible reminder. Every time you open your Bible, you see those words. And even 10 years, 20 years later, some of you will be able to look back at that and say, that's what I wrote down in my Bible. Oh, that's always a good thing. Oh man, like just reflecting on the stories, like we read the Bible. The Bible's full of stories of people throughout time mm -hmm. that have struggled, but then have had found faith. And it's a testimony of that that we can draw on a lot of these times. And it's also easy to forget about some of our Christian ancestors that aren't included in the Bible, like you said, Hudson Taylor, or um, I mean, names aren't coming to the top of my head right now, but <laughs> like we have, there's thousands of years of history yeah. of believers, um, and yet we don't often draw on a lot of the, the revelation and the, the stories that they've had. It's great encouragement. Like, it's unbelievable some of the stories that you hear from people. 
And why don't we uh, listen to that then? That's right, yeah. And even talking to other Christians, right, who you come across, like, uh, you know, taking the time to listen to their stories, especially Christians from other parts of the world. If you have an opportunity to rub shoulders with them, <laughs> you know, ask them their stories because that'll really inspire you as well. Yeah, we, we have to remember that we're a whole community. We're the church. We're all united. We're not, right. we're not by ourselves. And so it's a great encouragement. We can come along one, come along, uh, well, I'm just stumbling in my words here, but we can come along beside, oh, we're going to become, I'm just going to forget what I was talking about there. We're going to come together united, and that's the goal of the church. Um, and we'll, we'll uh, stand for Jesus all together. And like you said, writing things down, um, we can even see that throughout the Old Testament when uh, they said putting the stones up, keep this as a memory to remind your children of what God has done and your faithfulness. If you can write stuff down when you're young about what God wants you to do, then in the future, you can draw upon some of those ideas. So true. Yeah, we need those daily visual (laughs) reminders. So as many reminders as we can, it'll help you to stay focused on the Lord. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing some of that. Uh, Lastly, I just wanted to ask you, um, kind of going off of some of that that you're talking about, in general, what do you deem is just so crucial? I know this Christian life, we've been talking about discipleship a lot. Uh, this last week, yeah. we were talking about it. So what do you deem is just crucial for a believer in their pursuit as a disciple of Jesus? Yeah, I think an important thing for us to realize is as disciples, we have been commissioned by Jesus to be on mission. Right? Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world today. You know, something that struck me when I was at the dining hall where our services were happening is that big scripture verse from the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. right on the wall there. And it says, uh, you were slain and by your blood, you purchased for God people from every tribe, nation, people and language. Mm-hmm. It's just a phenomenal verse in the Bible right, that tells us that God loves all the people groups of the world. Okay, so here's something I want you to take away. Uh, when you look at Canada, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to stay here in Canada is because I see the nations in the city where I live in. Oh, yeah. Right? In my own backyard, like the neighborhood where I live, we are the only Christian family and we are surrounded by people from different parts of the world, making this a big mission field. So while God may call some of you to go to other parts of the world and that there's a great need there, But I also want you to know that when you look at major Canadian cities, uh, we have the nations right here. And so we can fulfill the Great Commission from Matthew 28, right? Make disciples of the nations by staying in one place in a major Canadian city. And you interact with all these people groups. So, yeah, as a disciple of Jesus, know that he has called you on mission. And it means building relationship, right? It's about the incarnational nature of ministry, right? There are no um, easy shortcuts here. Like people <laughs> no. ask me, oh, okay, how do I share the gospel with a Hindu or a Muslim? They think like, okay, there's the three-step strategy to do that. There isn't none of that. 
Okay, what we need is a heart that is so full of the love of Jesus, and you incarnate, go into a neighborhood, live there, and, and become the hands and feet of Jesus in the community, and that's the way the good news will advance. So what I see is a, a, a global movement of people, which is no accident, right? God no. is behind this process. He is the one orchestrating this, and he's bringing the people groups here to Canada so we can bring the gospel to them. Wow, I know it's... I mean, you said you grew up in India. Like, I've been growing up in Canada here in my life when I was younger. You know, you kind of see a lot of the similar people around you. But as getting older, there's just a diversity that yeah. I've been seeing. Even in my small community, you got people from all around the world coming in to Canada. Mm. Uh, we don't, like you said, we don't necessarily have to go out in the world. The world's almost coming to Canada. Coming to our door, yeah, um, absolutely. And so we have to think about what steps are we going to do right now where we're living. It's not always about the future or far away. It's always right close to us. It's, we have a, a whole ministry that's just our next door neighbor. Um, Absolutely. And if we yeah. choose to forsake that, that's, that's uh, going almost against the gospel. It's like everybody around you is an opportunity for you to minister to and to work with and to grow a relationship. So too, you know, when I come to a new place, I just scan to see what I, what's evident to me. And so one thing, as soon as I came here was I saw the, the Mormon church right here, right? In, mm, in, in, yeah. Three Hills. So again, like, do you know some of them who go to that Mormon church? Like, that's a question I'll ask the students in the Prairie community. Like, rub shoulders with them, get to know them, and uh, share your story, hear their stories. And that is what missions is all about, right? Building relationships. And in the context of relationship, you will have the opportunity to present the good news. And it starts here, right? As you said, Andrew, it's not about the future. Okay, one day I'll get my degree. I'll then think about where I'm going to go. No, it starts right now, right here. Exactly. Man, that's, those are some good words. And I mean, the most important thing is to always draw from scripture, like pray to God, read the word, read the words of Jesus in the gospel. Uh, I know like we were talking about this last Christian life, like there's some harsh things that Jesus says, but it's all good stuff. And we have to take, we have to be willing to take it all seriously and um, install it in each of our hearts. Uh, man, that's a good message. <laughs> Well, it was a real blessing, yeah, yeah. to be on campus, and uh, I enjoyed the conversations I had with several of you, so it was a, a blessing for my family. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Ashwin, for sharing and coming even on this podcast to talk a bit about more of what your heart and what you see in young people. You're welcome, Andrew. I know that your community is going through some challenging times, and mm -hmm. I know that God has good things for you. So I'll keep praying for folks here at Prairie that God's good purposes will be established in your lives. Awesome. Thank you so much. And to all of you listeners out there, if you have any more questions or people you want us to talk to or you want to hear us engage about a certain discussion, uh, you know you can always email uh, either Kazai or myself. And also, if you have any prayer requests you want us to even mention anonymously or you want us just to pray for, reach out as well, and we'd will, we be willing to do that. Uh, so thank you very much, listeners, for sitting in and taking 15 minutes out of your life to listen to Ashwin Armani and myself. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Be